Welcome to the latest episode of Too Boldly Pod, the unscripted podcast about anything and everything. And at some point, well, you all know how the rest of it goes. This time out, I want to talk about something a little bit different, kind of, sort of, but not really. Some of you might think of it as childish or immature. Immature? Did I, what did I just turn French there all of a sudden? Anyway, some of you might think of it as immature, but I just kind of watched it for a lark this past weekend, and it really struck me as being kind of paramount as to what really led me into my love of sci-fi. It didn't exactly push me into loving sci-fi, but it definitely helped amplify it a little bit. And as I go on with this discussion, I hopefully I'll make a little bit of sense with it. And what it is, is I decided, started for whatever reason, I started thinking about all the cartoons and stuff I watched when I was a kid. And pretty much all of us watched some kind of cartoons growing up. And some of us, like me, still watch cartoons to this day, being Futurama and Family Guy and The Simpsons or whatever. So we still watch cartoons. But cartoon watching when we were kids were a seminal part of our Saturday mornings. I don't know necessarily if kids do that now. They ha they have more of an option to watch cartoons 24 hours a day, seven days a week that we didn't have when I was growing up. It was basically you got to watch them Saturday morning. Occasionally you got to see an occasional Bugs Bunny or something like that in the afternoon. But for the most part... Me being the Gen Xer that I am, we grew up watching cartoons on Saturday morning. And one of them, we all had a ton of cartoons that we watched and enjoyed growing up. But the one that really sticks out to me, and it kind of popped into my head this past weekend, like I had stated, that really spoke to me, I guess you could, for lack of a better term, that I really fell in love with and that, of course, was the Super Friends. And I'm going to put this out there right now before we even get into this discussion. I enjoy superhero movies and shows and stuff like that, but I am not the know-all expert, the knowledge expert, the genius, if you will, the know-it-all about the differences between superheroes and all the, the the deep information, the stuff that I know really about a lot of science fiction and Star Trek and Star Wars and stuff. I don't really know it that I'm not that informed on superhero stuff. I, I know kind of the, your basic stuff, and I enjoy, like I said, watching them. And stuff like that, but I'm not exactly what you'd call a deep 
comic book slash superhero nerd. I, I clearly I know the difference between say DC and Marvel and all that stuff, but all the backstories and all of that I, I will gladly bow to other people's expertise when it comes to the knowledge about that. But growing up I loved watching the Super Friends and I was thinking about that, like I said, this weekend, so I just kind of searched online to see if there was somewhere to to watch them, and I didn't really expect to watch a ton. I just kind of wanted to revisit it to see if they kind of held up to the memory that I had in my head for as much as I really loved them, and I was lucky enough to find one of the versions, one of the seasons of the Super Friends, which actually ended up being my favorite one. I specifically remember it being my favorite one when I was a kid. So it was the challenge of the Super Friends, and that was the one where you had the Super Friends in the Hall of Justice, and each episode they faced off against the Legion of Doom, which of course was all their arch enemies which now looking back on it it really wasn't all of their arch enemies it was essentially wonder woman superman batman flash and i think apache chief's arch nemesis was the 13 arch nemesis and the rest of them didn't really have one i guess green lantern did with uh Sinestro too, but the rest of them didn't really have any arch nemesis in there. But regardless, I happened to find Challenge of the Super Friends. So I kind of went into it expecting to watch like one or maybe even two episodes just to kind of be nostalgic about my childhood. And I ended up watching the entire season not just once but then i watched it again the following day so and you're probably thinking you watched a season back-to-back days you remember these are cartoons in the 70s so they were only like 20 minutes long so it didn't take me but a couple few hours to watch the entire season and i really wasn't sitting there watching each and every episode. I was kind of doing housework and messing around at the house doing odd jobs while it was on. So it was kind of background noise the first time around. Second time around, I, I actually sat there and kind of paid attention to a lot of it. And it really dawned on me that I can see why I had such a reverence for challenge of the super friends because a lot of their stories within that season were very science fiction based in that clearly if you listen to this podcast enough you know i'm a very science fiction centric person with the things that i like and love so a lot of the stories in there were almost right out of Star Trek. And 
I think that's probably why I had such love for that cartoon growing up. And granted, you have to take aside that a lot of it was it was a children's cartoon, Saturday morning children's cartoon show. So it was very innocent, so to speak. But a lot of the subject matter, watching it now as an adult quote adult but they were very it's that's a lot like star trek a lot of the storylines for star trek is they were very socially conscious with the subject matter and i think that's a lot what spoke to me subconsciously as a kid is i had this growing love for science fiction and back then and that was kind of part of the thing that that grew to me but watching it now it really held up the storylines i mean there was a lot of campiness involved but you have to keep in mind that this was made in the 70s and that was kind of you had to have that on your resume in the 70s i think something had to be kind of campy and of course it was a cartoon on saturday morning in the 70s, so of course it wasn't going to have a an air of campiness to it. But a lot of the stories that they did were really relevant for the time, and even a lot of it, watching it here in 2023, what, almost 50 years later, it held up and is still relevant today. Now, granted, they, a lot of shows and cartoons or whatever talked about war, so that was one of the things that they thought up. So that's really nothing new. That kind of transcends generations. They're always talking about war. But they were talking about, you know, the environment and time travel and climate change and pollution and destruction of society and all sorts of things. And it was really, really a lot of relevancy in the storylines that my little seven-year-old frame or whatever, however old I was, six years old back then, probably didn't understand at the time. But watching it now, I can really tell the significance of the stories that they were actually trying to tell on this Saturday morning superhero cartoon show. And it, I thought it was really fantastic. And I thought that's where the correlation between science fiction and the Saturday morning cartoon thing kind of clicked with me. And I was wondering to myself while I was watching it, was that one of the things that kind of continued to draw me to things of a science fiction nature? Is that why I kind of loved it so much as a kid? And it wasn't just all of the social messages within it. It was a very sci-fi-based show. Like I, I said, they did a lot of space travel, a lot of rockets being launched and stuff like that, which was big. In the 70s, they did a, a, a couple episodes that pertain to time travel, which I mentioned a few seconds ago, and that's something very science fiction-y in and of itself, and a lot of it was, you gotta 
take it kind of take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because you have to remember that this is a Saturday morning cartoon show, so they weren't exactly huge on continuity and canon, so there was a couple times that they had episodes where you're like, why the hell didn't they just do this again? And, yeah, anyways. But you just had to, to, to remember that it was a TV show for kids, so they re- really weren't that concerned with canon and continuity, especially at a kids TV show back in the 1970s. So I kind of giggled and grinned about it a few times, specifically when the Legion of Doom did the whole time travel thing in one episode and they got caught by the Super Friends. And then a few episodes later, they did the time travel thing again. And once again got caught by the Super Friends. So I'm thinking to myself, they still had the technology to travel back in time. Why don't they just travel back in time a third time? Try to figure out what they did to screw up. And uh, maybe third time's the charm or something. But again, like I said, those are the things that an adult mind would think about that a young child watching a Saturday morning cartoon isn't going to think about. But regardless, I thought the the storylines within the, the entire season for Challenge of the Super Friends was really sci-fi based, really very interesting, and really made me wonder whether that was part of the reason or what helped me grow my love for science fiction because i've talked on this podcast a lot before about i didn't really i knew what star trek was when i was a little kid but i didn't really watch a ton of it until the 1980s that's really when my major love for star trek started was in the the 1980s and I I really got my bug for science fiction from watching 50s, the, the B-movies from the 50s with my father, kind of the late night TV stuff that they showed back in the, the 70s and 80s. That's how we saw it. This was way before VCRs and DVD players and 24-hour cable and all that stuff, which I know they had cable in the 80s, but... In my house, we didn't really... Actually, my parents didn't get cable until I moved out. So I spent my entire childhood and high school teen years watching standard antenna television. It wasn't until afterwards that my parents finally broke down and paid for cable because my dad i'm not paying to watch tv well yeah we all do but that's a topic for another day that's a lot of my fellow gen xers are 
going through that right now with streaming, but we'll we'll talk about that on another podcast. But I started to get my love, and I think a lot of my love for science fiction came because it was a bonding moment with my father. But we, I grew up watching the, the 50s and 60s B-movies. That's where my love of science fiction kind of came from. And then shows like Star Wars came out. Movies, Star Wars, of course, was huge for a lot of people. Me included and then tv shows like battlestar galactica and buck rogers and stuff like that in the 70s and early 80s really grew it even further and you've listened to this podcast enough you know within the science fiction bug that i have i also have this fascination with the paranormal specifically with ufos and in the 70s there was the whole ufo craze or flap or phenomenon or whatever phrase you want to use with it and i'm not gonna go off on that tangent today but there was a tv show on in the 70s called project ufo and that was something else that really drew me to the science fiction side of all of that. And a lot of it had to do with kind of the space travel. I was really kind of a a space geek in the 70s when I was a really little child. I, I just loved the idea of space and going to other planets and leaving this planet, if you will. And a lot of it Probably had to do with, like I said, watching the the B movies with my father from the 50s and 60s. And a lot of that had space travel involved in it. And then also in the 70s was kind of the burgeoning, the, the birth of the space shuttle program. So that kind of enhanced my love for space and all of that stuff so take all of that around together and you can see just this little budding love for space and science and science fiction and that's kind of where i got all of my love for all of the things of the unknown so Taking it all the way back to Challenge of the Super Friends, that cartoon was very paramount in building that part of my inquisitive brain, the part of my brain that loves all the mysteries of the universe and all that stuff, because a lot of the storylines that were included in that cartoon were played right into the things that I was falling in love with. So I can understand why I had such a fascination for specifically that season of the Super Friends. And it was only the the one season that they did the challenge of the Super Friends. And I know there was, I don't remember how many seasons it was actually on. I want to say like, 10 or something like that and then i think later on either in the 80s or 90s it went from being super friends to just calling it the justice league 
didn't watch any of those, so I don't really know how it evolved after that. But that specific season, it kind of reinforced into my brain that I was right. I remembered it correctly, why I was so drawn to that specific season of the Super Friends, because it really called out to the things that I was starting to love back then, and I still love and am very interested in to this day. So it's funny how you think back at stuff like that that you watched when you were a kid, and you're like, was that really something that helped me grow my fascination with this that or or whatever it is that you're interested in it could be music if you're you know somebody that's big into music could have been something that you watched or listened to as a kid no i guess music really isn't a a good example because whatever music that we enjoy is kind of something that we heard when we were young and you're like oh yeah i like that and that's kind of where your your love grows but TV shows and, and movies and maybe even books to a smaller extent, you know, you watch something or you read something and, and you're like, eh, this isn't for me. And it might even be something that you had to watch with your family as a kid. And you're like, I can't wait till I'm older and I don't have to watch this anymore. I can specifically remember a lot of shows like that growing up that I had to watch with my sisters or my my mother and my sisters that really have no interest in watching ever again, but they loved it, and I'm sure they probably still like watching it and revisiting it to this day. But that's kind of, it got me wondering, this whole challenge of the Super Friends thing got me wondering if, if that that's how your little brain starts to develop into the things that you actually love. And it really came to a conclusion to me that, yeah, that's really kind of was. My love of the unexplained and science fiction and all of that stuff really got enhanced by a stupid little Saturday morning cartoon show called Challenge of the Super Friends. So it was interesting. Just kind of like a little light bulb going off. And it kind of made me wonder just now why that I got the love of science fiction and space and all of that stuff was enhanced by the Super Friends. But the whole superhero thing never really grew on me. I mean, I liked them well enough, but I wasn't somebody that was really passionate about the whole superhero thing. And I'll tell a quick story to close shop about that and it was kind of strange kind of a developing brain sort of story but star wars came out we all know in 1977 shortly after was the christopher reeve superman movie and i remember going to see that and falling in love with it loving that superman movie and maybe there was a few moments that I was going to be more into the superhero thing 
than the science fiction space thing, but it was clearly short-lived because I know I've seen it since it was released at the theater probably a couple of times, but I don't own it. And I don't think I sit down and watch it every time it's on. And yeah, I did. I saw Superman 2 and Superman 3 and 4 and all of that stuff. So I continue to watch them, but I didn't love them quite as much as I did, say, Star Wars and then later on the Star Trek movies and Star Trek series and all that stuff. I like them well enough. It just wasn't anything that I know I said it as a little kid, little eight-year-old kid or however old I was when it came out, but I just didn't, it didn't stick with me. So there was something about the whole space and science fiction thing that really, that that has my my love. And I don't know why it didn't transfer over into to comic book slash superhero love as well i don't know if you have any thoughts about the super friends from the 70s or 80s or challenge of the super friends specifically let me know on facebook or twitter at too boldly pod and before i wrap things up i'm actually going to start a rebirth reimagine repackage the other podcasts that I do and it's going to be a Star Trek centric podcast. I'm going to watch a different episode from the original series, the animated series, Next Generation, Deep Space 9, Voyager, and Enterprise. There's well over I think 700-some episodes of Star Trek, first-run Star Trek shows. And each episode of that podcast, I'm going to watch and talk about, kind of in a random generator sort of fashion. So one week you'll get original series. Next week you'll get a Deep Space Nine episode. Following week an Enterprise. Week after that, Next Generation, yada, yada, yada. So, if you're interested in Star Trek, look up Cap Dan's Log Podcast, wherever it is you listen to your podcast, and that'll be debuting in the next week or so. And then this podcast will continue to be the Anything and Everything podcast that it has always been. So I don't have a closer for this podcast, so thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed my little look back at my childhood, my Saturday morning cartoon childhood. And I'll simply close with 